Hello and welcome to another SPAS Community podcast. I'm Ben Brady from Marketing Team here at BTL and I'm joined today by two very special guests. We've got Zan Kosminski and Jackie Smith and they are members of our service desk here on the SPAS team. Say hi. Hello. Hello. Okay, so as part of the series where we're introducing the SPAS community to different teams uh, that they will encounter in the day-to-day working with SPAS, using SPAS, um, I think it's fair to say that a very underrepresented team is our service desk. We all know account managers, we all know service delivery managers, that kind of thing. And you see lots of different people um, at the conference and that sort of thing. But you guys are one of the the, the main workhouses, I suppose, that keep everything running along there. So let's just start off with uh, a quick introduction. Jackie, do you want to tell us a little bit about the service desk at BTL? But Maybe go into detail about what makes you guys different to, say, uh, an unnamed utility supply company call centre. Certainly, yeah. So um, to start off, we're quite a small team. So there's only seven agents or advisors, as we refer to them, um, plus myself as the manager. Um, So it's very different to what you would picture as a call centre. And we're not sat in rows and rows and rows of people um, with headsets on. Um, We're very much interactive with our customer um, through different means. So we do email, we do phone calls. Um, and, and I think we're a bit more personable with our customer maybe than a than a contact centre would be mm-hmm. um, that you'd find elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I think the, the key being that we are only small. There's only seven of us. If you're contacting us, you are going to get one of seven people on that desk. So we're, we're able to build up relationships with our customer a bit, a bit easier maybe than in other areas. Great stuff. And for anyone listening that's not a member of this past community that just wants to know how their service desk might operate differently and is trying to get some advice, uh, Jackie, you've got a lot of experience managing different service desks, haven't you? So yeah. you're, you're bringing new ideas and things with you. And uh, Yeah, so I think, I think yeah, my history as well is from different sizes of service desks. So I have worked on small ones as well, but I've also worked with larger service desk teams. Um, so I've sort of seen um, the range that a, a desk can, can be in. Yeah. Okay. And Zan, so you're a member of that service desk team, but again, you come with a, a more of a technical background, I suppose. So um, we were talking earlier, uh, just as we were preparing for this, about how each member of the team brings something quite unique, don't they? I mean, a couple of you share different traits, but do you maybe want to talk to us about your uh, your colleagues that you work with? Again, be kind. <laughs> Not, I'm sure I didn't mean to. That, but, I'm yeah. always very kind, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one of the really good things about working here is the difference in former skills, but also just how people are. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that I'm really lucky to be a part of and the company really respects that you are an individual, which is yeah. great. Um, but when it does come down to skill sets as well, it's it's really handy being able to just turn around and, and talk to a colleague and just be like, hey, I've got this going on. And it might be something that they've dealt with before. Mm. It might be something that, hey, I have no idea about. But because of their different kind of experience, yeah. they're able to offer you pretty much insight into maybe something that you wouldn't have thought to, you know, to kind of look at. Um, I think we're really lucky about that. Yeah, and I think it's good as well just to point out that the everyone on the desk is experienced in a different area. So without naming names, um, but there's a couple of people who aren't maybe as involved in technical sides before mm-hmm. they joined BTL, but we get them sort of trained up on that. But they had a more customer-friendly, uh, customer-facing mm-hmm. approach that they've come from, let's Absolutely. say. Uh, and then on the other hand, you've got people that are very good at organizing procedures that kind of thing so they're involved in triaging tickets that kind of thing um and then again the technical side 
maybe that you've worked on code and things in the background. And so what we do is we just kind of mix you all up so that you get a bit more customer facing experience. I know that, uh, there's an initiative at the minute for uh, team members to actually go out and meet with this past community, isn't mm -hmm. there? A couple yeah. of the team have done that yeah. recently. Um, okay, so that's that's great. I think what we'll move on to now then is what is a typical day on the service desk? Now, keyword there being typical, there's no such <laughs> thing as a typical there day. There is not. <laughs> um, even in my experience as a marketer on Surpass, because the way that BTL works in the Surpass community, you know, that there's a lot of cross department interaction and things like that. And we all help each other out and get involved, um, much like you are getting involved in the podcast today. Uh, so. Jackie, do you maybe want to start with what, what is your typical day? And yep. then, uh, Zan, maybe you can elaborate on some of the things that you, you do as a team member, whereas Jackie may manage how that team yep. operates. Yeah, so my typical day is I would start off the day um, checking our system to see how many tickets we've got open, you know, the, the, um, the age of those tickets, the priority of those tickets, so I can see a picture of what our day is going to look like as a team. Um, mm -hmm. I do sort of a, a daily reporting slide that goes internally to our SDMs and the, the desk um, just to give a picture of this is what we're working on. This is the workload for the day. These are any priority issues that we've got, any key messages, then everybody's on the same page for the day. Um, we have a team stand up first thing in the morning as well that is with the desk and the service delivery managers. Um, mm -hmm. And that just gives everybody an opportunity to talk about what they're doing um, that day, what their priorities are. It also allows the desk to raise any issues that they've got that they might need a bit of help with. And it's a really good forum for just getting a bit of a conversation going. And often often something will come up that is then discussed after the stand up because, it, you know, depending on who that involves, somebody often raises mm. an issue that somebody else that's there can help support. Okay. Um, and it's just it, it's really good to see being, being new to the team myself. It's good to see how well they all work together. Mm. Everyone's really keen on helping each other out. Um, and like you said before, with the different skill sets that we've got across the team, um, somebody who's maybe struggling a little bit with a, a certain area of the, of the product, there's, there's always somebody else in the team that can help um, and share that knowledge. And, and Yeah, I mean, that, that's really fits. important, isn't it? Because the, something like Surpass, you can't just create a script of no. did you turn it off and on again? <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in there. Um, yeah, there's uh, yeah, a couple of members of the team I'm always joking with because it does come around and there are things that you have to try, but you know, you know sometimes it, it really works. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, having that kind of opportunity to knowledge share on a daily basis, because standups, I mean, I know the first time I ever did a standup way before I worked here and a lot of people do have that thing. Like, oh, why do we have to get up every, yeah. you know, every morning yeah. and do like 10 minutes? It's a waste of time. Da, da, da. Actually, as soon as you start doing them, mm you think, well, hang on, for the sake of 10 minutes in my morning, I've just found out that so-and-so can help me with that. Mm -hmm. And I can solve it in half an hour as opposed to four hours yeah. learning how to do something. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did a little bit of time working in Tokyo, which I like to talk at every available opportunity, <laughs> so I thought I'd just get it in there. But Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, the, one thing that the Japanese are known for is uh, things like the 5S processes and those processes in the morning. And the first thing we do in the office every day at 9.30, everybody, open plan from director level right down to um, greeters on the door, the way greeters work in there, would grab a cloth or a vacuum cleaner and we'd spend 10 minutes each just covering a bit of the office. Um, and the, yeah, a lot of people think, well, why do you do that? And it's like, actually, by doing that, 
10 minutes every day, you get to meet your co-workers, mm-hmm. you get into a chat, you get into, oh, I meant to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. You see that maybe a cable is broken on a printer and that solves that problem for later in the day when mm-hmm. everyone's going, oh, why didn't the printer work? And actually, yeah, five minutes a day just made everything so efficient, made it a really nice workplace, yeah. but also got you introduced to everybody that you work with. And mm-hmm. I think that's the same probably for you guys with the SDMs is, yeah. you know, it's that opportunity to talk to them first thing yeah. and, and start sorting things out. Okay, so um, Zan, do you want to go on? The, we've, we've had the stand-up and we've talked about knowledge sharing, but then we, when we were discussing this podcast and the, the order to cover things earlier, you mm-hmm. said it, there's uh, different stages in how you might then go and handle a ticket. So you've had your stand-up, um, everyone sat down, you've opened that first ticket. What might a typical ticket process be? That is a very difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, typical. Typical, for sure. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I really love the job is that every day is quite different mm-hmm. um, to the last. You know, you might have a, a bit of a similar theme, but aside from that, every day is pretty unique. But typically, um, of course, it would be having a look through the tickets and trying to understand the information that is already there. Um, you know, of course, making sure that that information is obtained at the first point of contact from the customer to us. So, of course, that just reduces the toing and froing, you know, asking, you know, so we basically don't have to go back for more information that we could already have. Mm. Um, so from that point, of course, it would be any kind of internal investigation that I'd be able to do. So that could be testing, that could be changing, spending a while changing just different settings on test forms, etc., mm. um, and conducting our own tests. Okay. After that, it can range from anything to... I could have found a fix there and then, or it might have to go to one of our other internal departments. And a lot of mm-hmm. it could be potentially down to translation as well. Okay. Um, so, you know, wording things in particular ways to make other individuals understand um, what mm. is actually going on. Because, of course, the the desk do try and act as a, a single point of contact to right. our clients. Okay. Um, so even though they talk to us, we could be there in the background talking to, you know, seven or eight other kinds of random people from the business of course depending mm-hmm. on the issue um so that's that's i suppose a very small part of my typical day <laughs> yeah so I, I suppose one thing a lot of people listening to this might be interested to know you know i submitted a ticket and it's taken x amount of time yeah. for someone to get back to me does it really take that long <laughs> is there is there so much going on there that i'm at the back of this queue and actually what what is a positive is we thoroughly investigate everything that comes in. And there are some simple things, like you say, that you just go, oh, well, I'll just try this. And it's like, oh, that's fixed it. Yeah. But actually, we, we take everything very seriously that comes in. 100%. Because, you know, it, it might seem like a small thing at first, but actually because of the complexity of a product like Surpass, that could be indicative of an issue somewhere else yeah. that has been overlooked in a like a version upgrade or something. And we want to make sure that everything gets fixed as fast, but also as efficiently as possible exactly. we don't just want to go yeah we can fix that send it to a dev they fix it something else breaks yeah. it's there's a whole process involved there i think i think one of the the good things about how btl as a business actually deals with it is the triage role for instance so okay. that's really good to facilitate um i as much as it it pains me to say almost a quick win for a ticket mm. um so a case of someone has a potentially relatively straightforward issue but can be explained via email mm nice and concisely and everyone can understand um so that's really handy for the rest of the team that we have that kind of additional support there so it's someone pretty much looking out for us within the team to make sure that you know we can kind of get our heads down with with the trickier issues but it's good of course because it means that the overall 
duration of open tickets for clients mm. where it might actually be quite an easy fix. Of course, that gets dealt with pretty much as soon as it comes in. Mm -hmm. So as much as as much as I wish we could resolve every ticket in, in such a quick amount of time, unfortunately, like you say, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there in the background. Yeah. Um, but it's it's good that we have procedures in place to, to pretty much just get a really quick turnover for the client because waiting for an answer, especially to something that's broken, never feels good. So as quick as we can do that, I think is best for everyone. I think one of the I think one of the key tasks that the desk has to do as well is they obviously get um either an email or a phone call and the customer will report a symptom mm. of the mm. system and, and the, a lot of the testing that the guys are trying to do is understand what's actually causing that so the symptom could be in one area of the system but the, the cause could be completely somewhere else and that's right. a lot of the testing that yeah. the guys are doing um the, the customer you know generally doesn't ring up and say this is wrong this is what's wrong. Like, can you <laughs> right, fix it okay, for me? Yeah. They sort of give a symptom of something that they're experiencing that's that's yeah. that's affecting their ability to do their job. And I imagine a fair few of the tickets that come through, while that's a seems like a very serious issue for a particular user, actually it might be something that is uh, just something that's a, a simple case of is supposed to work that way, but actually. Um, maybe they're a new user to the system and they yep. haven't quite got their head around it and they're trying to do something in the past like they would have done in another piece of software. So, I mean, actually, that, that's something that we talked about earlier, isn't it? Is the idea that you guys almost work as translators as well as um, within the company. But with uh, users that come in, they could be an end user that has just started that week on the job and has forgotten their password, let's say, um, and is having trouble finding out how to reset it. Or you could be talking to somebody who has actually dealt with Surpass for, say, the past 10 years at one of our um, longer, longer standing community members. And they probably know more about this, the area of the system they use than you do, to be fair, yeah, because yeah. that's mm. their day-to-day nine-to-five mm. job. Mm -hmm. Whereas you guys have the most impressive bank of knowledge <laughs> of everything and the ability to go in and and seek that stuff and, and then find out and get back to them. Because, again, you don't want to just say to them, oh, sorry, I don't know. It's like, well, no, I, I've got the information from you, but now I need to work out what you know, what you're maybe calling a tab that we call something else, yeah. how that works in Absolutely. the system. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes you work with the developers and they'll give you an explanation. And as anybody that's worked with developers and coders <laughs> knows, they can <laughs> literally talk a different language. Yes, they do. Us. Um, I think I think a lot of the time it really boils down to communication, mm. uh, which is really handy. So, you know, the the way some people would go about describing an issue, of course, can be completely different. But mm -hmm. the the desks do speak to such an amazing variety of people with mm. skills and experience. Um, it could literally be going from a receptionist to a senior developer for them. Yeah. So knowing knowing you know how to kind of convey pieces of information in a, a concise way that's easy to understand and of course mainly if the person doesn't get it being able to just have that have that dialogue yeah and and make sure that when that phone hangs up when that email's sent and you don't get a reply back is that they they do understand yeah and that's that's the main thing for us is just making sure that they understand at the end of it and there's no questions yeah. afterwards yeah we don't just tick it off and say right thanks that's yeah, that's done. solved now bye cheers bye <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, thanks for that, Sam. Um, so we've talked a lot about the what the team do, how they're different to what people may perceive a regular service desk team to be. And I hope that's given some um, some good in indicators to people out there who 
have used the service desk and maybe understand them a bit more or maybe you haven't used the service desk for whatever reason but you know the guys are always here answering emails tickets um if you don't know how to get through to them talk to your account manager because they'll be able to give you the, the best route through and if you've got any questions about the service desk we will be talking to couple of members of the team again in the near future so please do send them through to marketing at btl.com or again via uh, via the service desk contact email I suppose mm -hmm. ask your questions in there we can cover those in the next webinar uh, webinar or podcast so one thing we did want to finish on today uh, is just a little project well I'll say a little project um, rather big project uh, Zan you're about a year with us aren't you and you started to investigate the um, the materials used by the service desk for a, a kind of a playbook, I suppose, for new starters. Yes. So we talk about, you know, things are always evolving, mm -hmm. new skills coming into the role. And this is something that you kind of acted up after about six months of being here. So we have documentation. We have the product communication team. They create documentation that goes out to the Surpass community. And that's for end users of the product. Yeah. Uh, but what you were starting on is something that's more focused on the teams within BTL, isn't yes. it? And how we can better share information between us. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I think it's been quite interesting. Yeah, definitely, thank you. Um, so basically, of course, we we have a lot of documentation that end users also have. Um, the, the thing that I found is a lot of the time, it pretty much stops at a, a <sighs> difficult word. How would I do that? <laughs> A lot of the time it's basically a training resource and the team don't necessarily need the training resource. We need to know a little bit more, kind of what's mm. under the hood when it comes to actual, you know, how the software was designed. Um, any other kind of particularly tech techy bits, I suppose, could mm. be in there. Um, but mostly with a view to reduce ticket times, really. Mm. Um, essentially just to give people, or in internally anyway, as much help as we possibly can to make sure that if someone does phone up, we can we can use a, a nifty little search feature and it will point the member of the service desk they're speaking to in the right direction or hopefully give them an answer there and then. Um, of course, just to make sure that any questions, you know, that can be that can be answered as soon as possible, we do actually achieve. Um, so that that goes across multiple things It can be particularly strange bits of, of technological documentation, but it can also be system functionality that we get a lot of queries on, let's say, for instance. Mm. Um, but again, with the idea of upskilling our team um, and making sure that we can get stuff fixed as soon as possible, really. Yes, it's a big it's a big driver of mine since joining the team to, as we alluded to before, there's lots of different pockets of skills across the team. What I want mm. to make sure is that um, everybody has the 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 um, the skills and the knowledge and that that material available to them that when a ticket comes in pretty much anybody on the desk could have a go at trying to resolve it and mm. and and certain tickets don't always go to the same sort of you know to the same advisor yeah um yeah. um just to upskill everybody and get them that technical knowledge that they do need to be able to resolve the tickets that are coming in yeah it, it sounds great i mean i've had a sneak preview because it <laughs> is a work in progress but it's something again as we talk about the evolution of the team and you know as more customers come on board the, the team has grown and that kind of thing um so yeah really looking forward to seeing more maybe next time we can talk about how successful 
that's been and the kind of yeah. difference that's made to the the way the team operates. Absolutely. Um, so I, I like to throw a couple of curveballs in here because we plan as much as we can, but that that's just boring if everyone's got scripted <laughs> answers. Uh, so I, I'd just like to ask you, Jackie, before we finish, um, what sort of roles the members of the service desk team go into after the service desk? At BTL, we have a great company culture of keeping talent in. People who know the products can then help out in other areas, as we keep talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, it used to be the case that when BTL was very, very small, when I first joined, there was a natural progression from being on the service desk and then moving into live services because you knew that technical side. But now I understand you're working with the other teams um, to help people move into maybe testing roles yep. or other account management roles, that kind of thing, service delivery roles. Uh, yep. Is that something we can talk about? Yeah, definitely. So it, it, in the history of, in my history, working with service desks, the natural progression has tended to be um, working on a service desk and then moving to sort of a service delivery manager role, sort of keeping that mm. customer service theme going. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm seeing on this desk here at BTL is there is an element of that. There is some of the guys on the team who have that have got those strengths in, in the customer service area mm. are interested in those account manager and service delivery manager roles. But there's also the, the guys on the team that are, um, they've got that technical ability that they will, you know, I can, I can foresee them moving into more technical roles. So maybe testing, development, design, um, including you know live services as well but but beyond that as well and um you know as you said i'm having talks with other areas of the business to try and start some some shadowing um for my guys to go and sit with other areas of the business understand what those roles are understand what a day in their life is is it something that, that, that interests them is it something that mm. they feel they could do um to have that succession planning in place around the business so that um my you know my advisors can then potentially move into other areas um, within the business and, and like you say keep the talent within BTL I think that's great isn't it because mm. then they'll have an experience of being on the service desk yeah. knowing what kind of queries are coming in and then as future team members join us on the service desk they you can say well actually yeah. you know, Zan over on live services he used to be on the service desk and dealt with a lot of this stuff why don't you go shadow him for a bit and it becomes a, yeah. a continuous evolving cycle I yeah it, it helps me to have you know as, as, as people from my team progressing to other teams it does help us because that person moves into that other team and will start working with the service desk in the back of their mind and the way that they work, they will consciously be thinking, how does this, you know, can the desk work with this? Would this affect the desk? So, you know, it helps me in the long run. And I think as well as, you know, a service desk is usually a bit of an entry level into a company and it shows people that Mm. start working here that there is a career here. It's not, you're not, you're not potentially stuck on a service desk. If you've got um, aspirations to move into other areas, that opportunity is there. Very good. We're very lucky, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, certainly compared to previous places I've worked, service desks have just been, right, there's your headset, there's your script. Yeah. Crack on. Crack yeah. on. And it's, it's very much a, a student summer job. I mean, no disrespect yeah. to anyone who works on a service desk that's like ours and isn't like that. Hey, you've got to start somewhere, and right? You've got to start somewhere. You know, we all need those those service desks as well. Um, but I think what we've done a good job of getting across today is that for, for people using the surpassed service desk, I hope you've got reassurance out there that when you submit your tickets, they're being dealt with by mm. the best possible brains in the business. Um, make sure some of the developers aren't here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you very, very much for your time today, Zan and Jackie. 
and I'm sure we'll get to speak to you again in the future with some more developments uh, as the, the desk continues to evolve. Look Looking forward to it. To it. Thank you. Okay, right. Thank you for listening out there as well in Surpass community. As always, there are more podcasts on our website, surpass.com, and webinars too. Uh, if you've got anything that you think would make an interesting subject that you would like us to cover in the future, just get in touch with us on the marketing team. That's marketing at btl.com. And the Surpass conference would probably be the best opportunity to see us in person. Uh, are any of the service desks going to the conference this year? I imagine we will be, yeah. We'll be showing our faces, I think. Great. So um, at the time of recording, I think it's about six months away, but mm. in, in our time scale, that's like tomorrow. So I'm already <laughs> busy planning the things that are going on there. So uh, make a note in your diary for the Surpass conference. This year is taking place in Liverpool in the UK, uh, birthplace of the Beatles, for anyone that doesn't know where Liverpool is. And you can see us there in October. Thanks for listening.